Candace party. It's not a party, it's an intimate get-together. Candace party. Candace party. Don't call it that, it's just a get-together. Candace party. Candace party. Don't spill Welcome your Welcome to Don't Candace Party. It's not a podcast. It's an intimate get-together. Uh, I'm, I'm Danny. I'm Molly. And I'm Ryan. Uh, this is this is this is the greatest podcast. This is the most intimate get together. It's the, the get together is so intimate, you guys. We can, we're practically sitting next to each other we're at a table. We're siblings. We are. We are. All right, we're siblings. This is a <laughs> this is a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. Woot woot. We will be rewatching all of Phineas and Ferb and recounting it here to you. And we will be doing so with one specific goal in mind, which is to prove to you. You fools, you absolute fools, that Phineas and Ferb is for everyone. It is for children. It is for adults. It's the perfect show. No one's ever made a better show. They keep trying. I don't know why anyone tries. They're it's clearly so never going to succeed. The Sopra- from now on should just be either Phineas and Ferb or Dead Air. Exactly. The Sopranos is a waste of time. I don't know why they bother. They should have known Phineas and Ferb was coming. And it was a masterpiece. Look, I'll say it. The Walking Dead is nothing. Game of Thrones is a garbage pile. Everything is nothing compared to Phineas and Ferb. Right, so we're setting out to prove that it's for everyone, and we're also setting out to figure out what is the best episode of the best show, Phineas and Ferb. As determined by a perfect mathematical formula, which I don't understand. And I don't really don't understand it either, so Molly... You it's a bracket. It it's not a mathematical formula. There isn't really math involved, but we're going to make a bracket each season of our favorite episodes, and we're going to determine our top four from each season, and then at the end, we're going to put it all together in a big bracket, and we're going to figure out the best episode of Phineas and Ferb. We're going to also do this with the best quotes from Phineas and Ferb, and the best songs from Phineas and Ferb. We got brackets galore over here. We got brackets for our brackets, baby. I don't think there's actually a bracket for our favorite bracket. We should get on that, We though. should get on that. You want to add that to the get list? Bracket, but it didn't work. Get bra- I, you wanted to get brack? Get brack. Get bracket. Yeah. A bracket for our bracket. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, in order to prove that Phineas and Ferb... Look, we're oh, doing episode right. three. Episode yes. three in the proper production order. If you're fixing to watch along and you somehow can't read the title of this episode... Episode three of the show consists of the Magnificent Few and Swinter. And Swinter, Swinter of course, is spelled. Swinter. We are talking about Swinter. Episode th- this, the name Swinter is spelled. If you're trying to search it on Disney Plus, S apostrophe W I N T E R H T T P S colon slash slash Y O U T U B dot. That's a period. C O M slash Stanley Steamer the Carpet Cleaner. All right. They know how to spell Stanley Stewart, all right? Cause... So, um, Danny. So, the Magnificent Few. Wait, we can't get right into it. Oh, it's time for our famous segment where I am going to ask Molly and Ryan one Phineas and Ferb question that would never be answered on the show. It is something that is, is very mature, very adult. Not in a weird way, but adult in the sense that, again, Phineas and Ferb is for everyone. It's the greatest television program ever made. So this is an adult question about Phineas and Ferb. And this week's adult question about Phineas and Ferb is is very simple. Which Phineas and Ferb character would be the worst significant other in a real relationship? Like, if you were in a relationship with this person, like you were dating this person, be they man or woman, older version of a child character from that weird episode at the end of the show where they all get really tall, uh, who 
who would be the absolute worst to be in a relationship? And there's there's the obvious one, but I would like to ask you both to move beyond. We'll say it. The obvious is, of course, Heinz Doofenshmirtz, because he's already had one failed marriage. And you hated Mr. Tomato, so you're not going to enjoy being with him. But, you know, like, what's the obvious worst? Like, not the obvious worst one. What is... Who do you not hmm. want to be with? Well, I, I, could, I feel like I need to talk through it a little. Because on the <laughs> one hand, Linda... He's so oblivious yeah. that I'm concerned. Like, you know what I mean? But by that same token... She's very conscious when it comes to Lawrence. She's she's focused on her husband, not on her children. Yeah. As we all should I, I be. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hot take. I, I don't know um, See, I don't know if I could ever be with Balji because of his voice. Now, granted... How high it is? It could change... But in that last episode, do we see it change? I don't remember. I think in the last episode, if I can't remember correctly. It's been so long, but I feel like I feel like it's still all the way up here. Like, yeah, it could drop, but even then, that would just drop to like someone's regular high. Could you imagine voice. being at a wedding like with Balji? And he's I like, do. "I do, I love you." You'd be like, "Oh my god, please!" <laughs> I, I could... think Candace is really high maintenance. That might be a bit much. I mean, check, should I check my watch my calendar phases of the moon? What will he call? Kind of. But yeah. also, like, I, Jeremy no, was... not calling soon, like, could I, I handle that? I don't, don't know. even get me Jeremy... started on that DD. <laughs> Look, uh, Jeremy is a, is a very subtle contender for the worst one. Because, like, we all think of him as, like, oh, he's so sweet and he's nice to Candace. But, like, think of how withholding and evasive he is, often for plot reasons. Like... But I don't Candace, think that's on purpose. No, but like Candace is like going insane because he won't. But I think that's partially Candace for being insane. No, but Candace is also the most relatable character in all of fiction at times. <laughs> so, so yeah. aren't maybe we... that's just because we're crazy and no one should be in relationships with us. We're well, all a, a little Candace. I don't think we should go down right no, now. No, we should all die alone. She's right about that. I mean, yeah, I know that in my heart, but still, give me hope. Man. It doesn't mean you want to admit it. So we've got a lot of things in the pot right now. We got Jeremy. We got Candace. We have Linda, which was an interesting one to throw out. I don't think I could. See, because Buford, he, Buford, I think, could be the best. He is hmm. so tender. Danny, his heart. I named him his heart, after my mother. I mean. A boy who loves his mama. I mean, he's got that's, a tough exterior, but a deep heart. But that episode where he's dressed as the bear, I think. Running from love in a bear yeah. suit. Yeah, how could we forget? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he's very low maintenance. He wants nothing. As he we wants the mud. See, but then all, there's also <laughs> verb. The like, could I really be in a relationship with someone who never speaks? You, yes. <laughs> <laughs> see, oh, okay. but then a sick Molly bird. So, but we have Phineas, and obviously he's very smart. And he could build you I... anything. But that sarcastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was about to go into a long string of swear words. Oh, that's that's what we want to avoid. I know, that's why I didn't The less do it. ducky momo noises I have to put over your obscenities, the easier it Actually, is to make Actually, I'm show. just going to ramble on, not any actual swear words. Could you just put the ducky, the ducky momo, momo noise? <laughs> and the climpaloon. I'll, I'll switch back and forth to do different noises. Phineas, like, he also just, like, uh, Isabel is clearly in love with him, and he just kind of, like, 
isn't really into Maybe her. Maybe that like obliviousness is an no. inherited trait. Can I tell you, my answer was going <laughs> to be Candace. my answer was going to be Phineas because I think that he's very cold. He seems like a sweet kid. He's nice to his sister. He cares about everybody, but he's got that same thing Mister Fantastic does in the Fantastic Four comics, which is like he there's a woman who loves him dearly who's like two feet away from him talking about how great he is and he's like busy building some machine and he has no time for her like mr fantastic is always like quiet sue i'm building a trans-dimensional drive and she's like oh reed i love you and he's like shut up i'm building a machine like phineas <laughs> isn't like that phineas just isn't focused on i feel like I phineas is actually know. when with the isabella cuteness factor for example when she's just trying to be like hello like i think i'm what's throwing off the cuteness thing yeah. and like he clearly should be able to see that she's trying to say this. And she should have just said from the beginning, like, Isabella, you're cute. And I factored that into this. But then at the end, he's like, oh, no, like, of course I did that. I just let you go crazy for the entire day trying right, save to Save it for therapy, Molly. Me- <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that's like... So typical, but I like to think that maybe Phineas will be less oblivious with age. No, it took him until what they were going off to college in that last episode. It takes him until then to realize that she likes this him. This is the most realistic thing it's, I've ever heard in my life. It's not. I do, I think Phineas is going to make a terrible spouse, <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But they're gonna have one heck of a home. Yeah, because it's going to have crazy slides and machines. But you um, know what? Yeah, and are you going to tell me you don't want that? What will be attended really to? Tell me? The home or, or Isabella's feelings? The home will be attended to. Mm. Isabella's feelings you got, you got in the there. dust. Collecting yeah. dust somewhere. In the sawdust? She's going to be like weeping because she's she's so cold and alone in this, this giant maze of a house he's constructed. And he's going to be like, I know how to make her feel better. I'll build a T-Rex out I mean, of porcupines. They were in the city of love. Okay, but at the same heartbreaking, a heartbreaking moment. He builds that entire haunted house to scare the hiccups out of her because he does not want her to go through this agonizing pain of of having. And that's why he's going to build a machine to just give her like a robotic C-section, so she won't have to go through (laughs) through birth. That is. That's an adult Phineas. It's there's nothing dirty about it. There's nothing wrong about this theory. This is this is medical science. This is an all ages podcast. Okay. What what? A C-section involves people of the youngest age. Birth. He's got you there. True. <laughs> All right. Well, I, well, I guess we, we tackled that one. Don't date cartoon characters. That's the message. That is the, the only message. one who would date anyone well. I mean, is there anyone? <laughs> I guess the follow-up is who in Phineas and Ferb would be the least awful to be in a relationship Isabella. with? Isabella. She's sweet. She's cute. She's caring. But she seems like she has she's baggage. She's always prepared. She seems like she has baggage to me. <laughs> she seems like she's bringing a lot of that anti-Phineas sentiment into your relationship. No. She's been ignored for so long. No. She, she's got, she's prepared for everything. She's got, you go to the Jewish Mexican festival together, like. What is going to, how can you live up to the Phineas? The food alone? Yes, the, the combination the- of Jewish and Mexican cuisine will be incredible to live with, but... She likes Phineas without the major contraptions. You don't have to live up to that. No, you do because he's so incredible and in her in her mind he is this idealized man who is whisking her away on a unicorn. Like, what are, what are you going to live up to that with? It's like dating Lois Lane after she's dated Superman. Like, what do you bring to the table here? I bring love and <laughs> Human and- DNA. Appreciation for cuteness. You know, an appreciation for Paris. That's what I bring. <laughs> You'd notice her. I'd notice that we were in the city of love. You know what would be great 
episode of Phineas and Ferb, not to write fan fiction here, but there's like another, like there's another character who has always been in love with Isabella who we've never seen just because she has no time His for anyone Irving, but Phineas. Dude. Irving Isn't doesn't Baljeet count. a little just bit? Baljeet, doesn't he like No, Baljeet has four different love interests no, over the series. No, but doesn't Baljeet like ask her what she's doing later or something and she's like kind of freaked out? That someone other than Phineas is talking to her? No, that, like, she does not want to entertain that. Oh, I gotta think about when that is. If you know when that is, let me know. I feel like Maybe I that's that. a throwaway joke, but I remember Baljeet, there's Mishti, who he misconstrues as a love interest when she's really his friend. There's the girl that he kisses in the Christmas special when he brings her the big hat for Christmas, um, and they're under the mistletoe. And then there's one of the fireside girls. So what I'm girls. hearing is that... Baljeet just can't make them stay. What I'm hearing about... What is about... so wrong with Baljeet that everyone feels the need to leave? I think it's the voice, you're right. The high pitch. Yep. Not that Malik Pancholi... No one can do it. Let me be clear. Malik Pancholi is a delight. Oh, and I would marry And it's a great voice for the character. No, yeah, he's a fun character. It's just, you wouldn't want to date Mickey Mouse it's either. It's just, you can't... I could not live with that. Could you imagine, like, being married to Mickey Mouse? I mean, Rusi Taylor was for a time, but... Like, could you imagine just you go home and you're just like, hi, honey, it's... I can't do Mickey Mouse, but you know. It's okay, but at the same time, could you imagine going home to Minnie's voice? That's like just a... Yeah, I guess... She's like, seems weirdly proper, and I'm like, you grew up in the same... You grew up in the same neighborhood as Mickey. Toontown? <laughs> Toontown, yes. On the streets of Toontown? I'm, I'm sad that I can't go to the houses anymore. Oh, you can if you go to California. There's still. Do I look like I'm going to California anytime soon? No, I didn't think you were talking about Toontown Fair. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, well, um, let's talk about the let's cartoons. Talk about the episode. <laughs> so right. the magnificent few. Obviously, a nice joke of the. I'm guessing maybe the hateful eight. The magnificent seven. The magnificent yeah. seven. The Ooh, hateful eight one. came out so long after this cartoon and is itself a reference to the magnificent seven. <laughs> I, wait. Why did you think just because no, no. it had numbers? No, stop it. You're wrong in every way. No, this is, so I've always. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I, I have always gotten those confused. It's not even funny how often I get, I've gotten them confused. The hateful eight came out like what, four or five years ago? You've always yeah. gotten them confused? Yeah, that was not four or five years ago, Dan. The hateful eight is from like 2016 no yeah ryan google when they hate i'm on Good. it he's on it i bet you it's within right, the last well, five years i have no concept of time that much is clear <laughs> it's very clear clearly a reference to the hateful eight <laughs> I and I wasn't even gonna say it, but you went the hateful Cause, eight because <laughs> it goes up at the end like a question. Yeah, it's 2015. Say. Oh, five years ago. It was All the right. same year as Force Awakens because Disney wanted the uh, the El Capitan Theater to show The Force Awakens, so they stopped it from showing uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful So Eight. is The Hateful Eight a reference to The Magnificent Seven, then? Likely. That's what I think I was thinking of. I always, I never know the order. All right, what up? The Magnificent View. <laughs> yes, this is the, uh, the cattle episode, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we open <clears throat> with the song On the Trail, a on very trail. catchy tune. Yeah. Love it. Because they colorized this movie on the trail. On See, the trail. what child knows about the colorization of old films? Who knows? No one. Phineas and Ferb. For everyone. It's canon now. Goodbye. So, I'm going home. I'll see all you right. all Something later. that nice I, really got me was that, so you, they open up and you see them riding the horses and you're like, oh, this is cute. And then you realize they're in this like little horse pen and they're just going around in a boring circle. And I'm just like, Phineas is watching a movie on the horse while riding a horse and at first, I was like, who does that? And then I was like, no, this is a great representation of today's youth. Thanks. Thanks. So my uh, This is just note, like the hateful eight. My second <laughs> note after just the words on the trail are, 
Major monogram sounds weird. Did anyone else get that vibe from this, or was that just me? Maybe just you. I can't remember if he's... I mean, he's probably everyone sounds weird in the first couple episodes. And then the third one I have is Body Positive Cow. And I don't remember... There's a cow that's like... It's like a... It's like doing kind of like an elegant pose when they're at the water park and they're all like flying through the air. There's one of them that's like a no, 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 no. This no, no. is when this they go when through they the mall. And the oh yes, yes, clothes. the cow tries on the and the she's bra. She's like the, the bra, which again, and I feel like a slightly more mature thing. This cow trying on the bra. Well, we don't know if it's a bra or just an interesting it top. Was definitely a bra, or it could be a bathing suit. Could be a tank top. Um, I have Phineas's Western accent. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I have that sounds very really got me. during his discussion during his of Southern accent in in the mall. Not just, uh, in, just the specifically mall, in the mall, but like the really whole episode, me. he's talking and sitting under the Western skies, breaking wind with your yeah, amigos. Who's this breaking wind with your amigos? That guy. There's me. a lot of in these early episodes of Phineas and Ferb. There are several references to breaking wind. I wonder if I wonder if the word fart is too much for Disney Channel. You know, like, do you think maybe? Yeah. Because there's in Leave the Busting to Us, the woman in charge of the Leave the Busting to Us service. Yeah, squirrel breaking wind. I wonder if that's just like a writer's thing, though. Like, that writer maybe always uses that says, term or something. They don't want to like, use the term fart because they see it as immature and they know that Phineas Fer- and Ferb is actually for adults. Mm. Is for everyone, yes. Is for everyone. Um, I noticed something that really I thought was interesting um, in the background of this episode. It, there's a sign that says egg laying contest this way. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really like funny. Roadside show. But then I noticed later the sign changes to say entrance to the egg laying contest this way. Oh, wow. So it's it's an event. There's an entrance. It was an event. Yes. Wow. All right. And I kind of wish the episode had gone there because what, mm-hmm. could, what could it be? Um yeah. What do you think, Molly? It's an egg laying contest. I think it's fairly self-explanatory. I, I enjoyed the reference to laser sharks yes. in this. That, I forgot to turn them off. Um, yeah, that was. A good I one. have. It's a very good bit with when Candace tries to stop the herd of cattle with the cow whistle, but they stop for the traffic light and not her. What? Is, which is interesting because it implies that cows stop for traffic lights. I, I just thought it was really funny. Cows are courteous. Cows follow the rules, Danny. Cows get on the ship. <laughs> a lot of cow stuff on Phineas and Ferb. A lot of cows. The fact that there is... The, uh, we had to talk about the crazy old man. Crazy old shop. Maurice. That, he comes back, right? He definitely comes back sometime. He's in the... Way. When they do the... um, the At the end of the roller coaster, the musical, when Kenny Ortega directs them in the big musical number. At the end of roller coaster, the musical, he is among the oh, many characters he? we oh, see. Yeah. Crazy old man with wolf puppet, who is, in my opinion, that is, uh, is Jeff... That not- quotation mark swampy marsh end quotation like that is his best character is that old man running the shop i love major monogram we all love francis his whole life is this screen just four walls of a rectangle but i truly love this old man that he plays in this episode it is it is a delight he also plays like a young like teenager in one of these and uh, he just he does voices he good i can't get over the scary wolf puppet that scary wolf it's it's terrifying. I love the idea of the silent cow whistle. I'm sorry. Are you scared of the wolf puppet? <laughs> like a cow? No. The, the idea that there's this crazy man who's trying to sell. To a, imagine you go to a store and the cashier just pulls out a wolf puppet and looks like that man looks like yeah. you'd be running for the That's hill. what I do. That old my man kind of. Well, anyway, this is the first time we see Vanessa, and at first she's shown to us as Doof's assistant and I was like wait a minute was she supposed to be his assistant at first and then like the end of the episode reveals that it's his daughter and I thought that was cute you know what my favorite part of this episode is the tiny wooden head 
that his honey wooden head. Yeah, is... that they make of Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> okay, can I say that in these first few episodes, Doofenshmirtz truly is attempting to kill Perry the Platypus, and that's something that we it goes away very quickly. But well, like, we see that he, he tries... truly does care about him. Yes, but he try he's trying to drop him into a vat of lava. In in uh, the Magnificent Few, he tries to drop a piano on him in Swinter. Like these are not traps at first; these are it, it attempts to murder him like a real supervillain, which makes sense because it's like a James Bond parody. Yeah. But like he true, Vanessa refers to it as a death chamber at one point. She says, "Why would you leave uh, a self destruct button in a death chamber?" Which what an amazing bit when he's like, "Pray the platypus, don't touch that button. No, not that button. Don't touch the other button. Yes, that is the one you should not touch." <laughs> it's like, beautiful. It's truly beautiful. Do- Doctor Doofenshmirtz, in many ways, a very relatable character because of his constant self sabotaging. <laughs> a real, a real man. Um, oh. I like that in this one we see how reluctant Perry is to actually save Doof. Like, he's escaping <laughs> and he, like, rolls his eyes and goes back for him. Like, he looks so, like, I don't want to do I this. I think he's just exhausted by Doof experience. I don't think it's that he's willing to let Doof die. I think he just is, like, this man is screaming. <laughs> I also like that that Doof cannot reach the, the button on the back of his head on his helmet, mm-hmm. even though he has such long arms. He's like, I can't reach the back of my head, and his arms and are so who lanky. Can't reach the back of their head. I don't know. I invite all of our listeners right now to touch the back of their head with their hands if you are able and have all hands. able-bodied listeners. Can you touch the back of your head? Because here we all can, but at the same time, we're all lanky-armed freaks. Not really, Danny. All right, don't single um, me out. I didn't. Okay. Arms can't be lanky, I, I... but a person can. A person is lanky because their arms are long. I would consider arms I wouldn't lanky. say, oh, look at that lanky-armed guy. My arms are lanky. That's why I resemble Roger the alien from American Dad. Roger. Anyway. I liked we got uh, Doofenshmirtz aluminum siding instead of Doofenshmirtz, Doofenshmirtz aluminum siding. That's very early on for them to introduce that variation. Yeah. Well, that's just, I feel like, like we, we have, start getting there a little yeah, bit. Doofenshmirtz holding a bucket is truly... Is the peak of those. Peak of that. The epitome of that. Um, I thought it was really funny. There is, I just liked some of the things I saw in the background this time. The speed limit sign that they flashed you is 41 miles an hour. And I don't know, just, I, why? The, uh, just why, why? Yeah. And in case you're wondering, the population of Danville was 2,000, oh my God, 241,000 people. That's a lot. That's quite large, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, for a, for a know, suburb. I have just that overall, this episode has a, a much higher level of comedy. It has a lot of callback jokes. Um, that we haven't really, we haven't seen a lot of callback jokes necessarily yet in the three episodes that we've seen. We have the wooden head, we have, and I was like, oh no, she didn't. Yes. Mm. And I can't tell if that says serendipitous cows or what that says. (laughs) You know, I had a note about serendipitous (laughs) somewhere. I don't know if that was this episode, but I did note that he said the word serendipitous in an episode. And I was like, that's a big word for a kid. Thus, yeah. that, that's a more adult thing. Exactly. Something else that's a more adult thing about this episode, which is horrifying, is they chase the cows, they go through the mall, we hear the beautiful song in the mall, but then they get to this cliff, and they're all about to fall off the cliff, and oh, they oh don't. And then it's like, oh, phew, we made it. And then this uh, one cow pushes the other cow <laughs> off the cliff, and then it's just like whistling like inconspicuously, <laughs> like... That is horrifying. I love the joke. Well, we know that there's a water park at the bottom. We of the know cliff. that, yes. but I honestly don't think that that cow did. I love the cow murder. It's hilarious. 
it's fun for all ages. So now for this episode, for the magnificent few, I have I have two quotes. There are a lot of good jokes in this. There's the oh no she didn't, but as but you know we're shooting for very specific quotes. So this is these are the quotes we enjoyed from the magnificent few. Vanessa, did you bring the little wooden head that the termites made? And well, I guess I'm running, (laughs) which is uh, when Vanessa takes the last escape pod and the jetpack Doofenshmirtz made for himself is sitting in the death chamber. He decides he will run. Now uh, that that's all I have to say about the magnificent few. I enjoy them all. I enjoy that they have to. I enjoy uh, Isabella's little My Little Pony horse, and I like that. I like that they have to wear helmets when they ride the horses. That feels very Disney Channel to me. In Disney Channel, (laughs) if you ever watch like shows that are made for Disney uh, networks, the characters always have either helmets or seat belts on. They're very safety conscious. So, like in Gravity Falls. They'll be like driving through this like horrible zombie apocalypse and people will be exploding into pieces and getting dragged down into the earth. But like everybody has their seatbelts on. So don't worry. Do you remember that show that was on like Playhouse Disney like Safety Patrol or something? Yeah, they would ride around on like sort of low to the ground tricycles and they would do safety. They would tell you if there's a fire, touch the doorknob with a rag. Yeah. See if it's hot. Don't take any chemicals under the counter. That kind of stuff. I very clearly remember one of them about a seatbelt. Yeah. Um, but like no, like in the there's a later episode where Candace uh, grabs their mom and is like pulling her along on her bike or whatever, and their mom had just gotten out of the shower, mm. and so she's being dragged along in a towel. And then when they get to where they're going, she pulls off a helmet that she had been wearing Very into the shower, yes, yes, just so that she's she was wearing a helmet when she was on the the bike with That's her. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I did want speaking of Linda. Um, she. I just wanted to point out that we know that later she goes to Bobby Fabulous's hair salon. Yes. Um, her hairdresser in this is named Babs. Maybe Babs is her hairdresser at. And I just wanted to point that out. Well, Maybe. she she said I'm at Babs as though Babs owned the place. Well, it's possible that she either switched hairdressers, that Bab is somehow short for Bobby Fabulous, like no, Bob and Bab. Fab. Yeah. Or... Bab is just the name no, of the hairdresser. No, she might just like, go to Bobby's later. Like, I just was pointing out that. No, no, no. It that. seems like you're pretty harshly trying to judge. I, I think you're being an absolute monster right now, and I think you need to calm maybe, down. I think we maybe should take that. Maybe Bobby Fabulous is like a treat for her anniversary. She's like going to the maybe. fancier salon oh, to true. get dolled up and, uh, you know. Maybe. I Overall, though, I liked this episode more than I, again, kind of remembered. I know I like the song In the Mall, but what I liked most about this episode was there was so much Doofenshmirtz yelling in this episode. Like, really, it was – I love yeah. an episode where he's just screaming. screaming like a maniac, and we got a lot of that in this one. See, I remember loving In the Mall. As you know, it's saying it a lot as children, but just hearing Phineas's southern accent now <laughs> – and no, I'm not going to lie. It really did turn me off to it. It's just so great. You didn't like it? No, I liked it still. I thought it was very funny, but it's just something about it is very haunting. You to think me. <laughs> that a, you think that a young Vincent Martella's southern accent was not. I think that it should not have been used in a children's show. I think that that should be saved for the utmost terrifying film that they could imagine. You really came down harsh I'm on this accent. I'm not going to lie. I really did. <laughs> And I'm not going to apologize because I think it is. I think it is fair. Right. I think that he should have waited until he had the regular Phineas voice that we see, and then done a southern accent. So you would have liked him to I hit puberty. I would like him to hit puberty and halt all accent work until that moment. Yes. Well, he can't go back and do it. He's well, a grown I'm, man. Well, I'm. I'm just making a wish, Dan. 
<laughs> gotta have hope. I don't. I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like he probably hit puberty well, before I mean, he started how doing old videos. Is Vincent Martello. Vincent. Molly call it Vincent. No, he definitely did. I'm just saying. I his voice he, does change. His voice changes whether it's his actual voice or it is just him changing the way he does the voice. I would have liked to see later Phineas do a southern accent and no, do it no sooner, <laughs> sir. I know it's a hot take, but I it's how I feel. Well, that's Ryan's hot take. Let's move on to Swinter. Swinter. I really loved, right <laughs> off the bat, I really loved Swinter a lot more than I remembered liking this episode. Yeah. We were all like, oh, Swinter? Okay, I guess we have to do this one. And then we were all like, oh my gosh, Swinter. Yeah, this we is were a classic. Like, all of our favorite quotes are from the Swinter oh. episode. Like, Swinter. how did this happen? So I'm sorry, Swinter, for giving you a bad rap this whole yeah. time. Anyone if doesn't... you were, if when we said we we're going to talk about Swinter and you were like, okay, Swinter, watch, watch it. it. And yeah, you watch will it. be changed. Don't let us ruin jokes for you if you haven't seen it recently. Go watch Swinter. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, I want to start off the bat with, right out the gate with a really hot take um, yeah. that I do believe that Disney's uh, Frozen was directly stolen from this episode of Swinter. Explain this. your theory. To um, us. so we first of all we have a direct shot in this of a snowman in the sun getting tan. The line you can freeze while you get tan. It's Swinter. And it's like it, that is a Olaf's in summer is directly stolen from that. I, I think, think it was. I think it was. I really do. You're and right. If you don't believe oh, yeah. me, you know, this is all about. The hot and the cold, like I just feel like it was stolen from it. I really do. Watch the episode. And You'll nothing see what in I mean. the world had ever mixed hot and cold for comedy Katie or animation Perry purposes. Is no, angry nothing. At the <laughs> I mean, look, you yes and you know. While I was watching it, I just really got that vibe. I think this is the OG in summer. I mean, look, there is a blonde person who is vaguely uh, European, Scandinavian, <laughs> in the form of Jeremy's see? cousin Dee Dee. So. You know, we've got we've got some, you know, like Oaken, the trading post guys, like the yoo-hoo, hello, like that. Like, so, you know, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Exactly. Word for word. I mean, look, it is a story about someone pursuing a, a, a love interest. Um, and then at the end of the story, they find out that part of the pursuit was under false pretenses. Be it, be it, oh, Anna, if only someone loved you, slash, this is my cousin, not someone I'm <laughs> dating. You know, right. there's there's a big twist at the end. No, I want to see how many more we can I do. I just think. Uh, <laughs> so. Good. Okay. My first note wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. Doofenshmirtz is encasing Perry in chocolate, much the way that Elsa accidentally uh, freezes people. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know it has a melting capacity of seven, which is on a scale of one to five, so you know that's a big number. You know what else has a melting capacity of seven? True love. Between siblings. <laughs> okay. It's a swinter. It's <laughs> a swinter. My got? first note is, how does Phineas balance on his head? I that's, believe he's... That's my first note, too. Is it really? <laughs> I also included a drawing of a triangle with his little tuft of hair on the ground. I don't understand it. The way that he would have to do it, the way his face slash nose, I guess it's all just one unit, is shaped. The top of the, his head the is The flat. distribution of weight, though, for him to be able to balance on his head... Yeah. I don't remember whether he's like spinning or if he is he on a. Do you know what this is? I know <laughs> what you're saying, lie. but I'm just laughing. I just saw my note of snow cones for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> snow cones for everyone. But the way his head is shaped, just the distribution yeah, of no, weight it, with his. It will be. He should, he should be, be just be, toppling over whichever way his nose is facing. If he is able to balance this, this is way more impressive, and he should go into some kind of career with that. 
So then you have snow cones for everyone. <laughs> I have snow cones for everyone. I don't even remember what the tune of it was exactly or why I wrote it's, it. But I, I think it's it snow so... cones for everyone. I thought it was hysterical when Lawrence it... came yeah. out singing that. Yeah. Um. We also have that they we establish the whole antiquing hobby or career yeah. of the parents in this one. Um, Where they want to buy the... I wish you'd let me buy the big one. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's looking at the clocks that they... Yeah. Which, what a bit that the clock they end up with is not the big clock because that is a big clock. That is the joke. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Um, someone else is singing Swindon. Yeah, because normally we hear... Um, you would just hear Isabella singing. You, yeah. Alison Stone. This is I very do clearly love, an adult I do voice, love though. that it's coming out of her mouth, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. Which is something we do see. But I do not like how Phineas and Ferb look with those band uniforms on, the little band hats. Oh, it's, oh, the, I'm fine it's, with it. it's the ugliest thing yeah, I've I think, ever seen I think in my you've life. made a mistake there. Oh. Once again, you've met me. a pure monster. Mm. Huh? What can you do? I thought Perry's little doodle of major monogram was adorable. <laughs> he's like acting like he's taking notes on what Doofenshmirtz yeah. is doing. And it cuts to just this really cute drawing of that. I like the idea of a drawing in a cartoon, which yeah. is a drawing. It's Carl, you really said you could draw. Yeah. You know what bugs me as an artist in cartoons when characters draw other people, they can always tell who they're drawing. And it's like if, if you're an artist and you draw people at any time and you're trying to capture their likeness, even if you're drawing like from a photograph and you're doing a relatively realistic drawing, a lot of times people will be like, who is that? Like they can't mm -hmm. quite tell. And in cartoons, people are always like, oh, my gosh, she drew Rebecca. And then Rebecca's like, you know, she looks exactly like she does in real life because it's a cartoon and everybody's face is like five lines. But, like, you know, in real life, if you drew someone that, like, you knew well, they'd still be like, uh, who's that supposed to be? Because, like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't walk around, like, with all your friends' faces, like, perfectly no, memorized. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, that's different. Also, another thing about cartoons, people always seem to know what they look like. They'll, like, they'll look at something and go, oh, my gosh, he looks just like me. Like, if there's a clone of them or something. But, like, I feel like I don't have a great concept of my face. And if I saw another me yeah. in public, if I saw another of myself, I'd just be like, hey, another idiot with big floofy hair. What a funny day this is. Oh, well, back to my closet. <laughs> I agree. Thanks. <laughs> what a good punchline. It wasn't a punchline. It's just a comment. Well, you're not allowed to agree with me anymore. You'll be attacked for it viciously. Um, I have, and I know this is what we're all, we've all been waiting we're, for. We're all waiting for. We waiting. have all been on the edge of our seats waiting to get to this very point. That's why our couch cushions are so unevenly worn. Mm -hmm. So, so for yes. the point that we've all been waiting for, we have the piano player mm. dangling along with the piano mm. that Doofenshmirtz has set over the door to crush Perry the Platypus. It is. Oh. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why, when this is in this episode, we have ever doubted Swinter and the gifts that it could give us. <laughs> Swinter is one of the greatest episodes of Phineas and Ferb. It is my favorite one we've watched so far. I truly far. believe it's that the song too, is not praising the season. It is praising the episode <laughs> itself because it knows how good Swinter is. Like, I had forgotten. I was just yeah. like, I guess because I maybe I disconnected the B-plot from it. But there's some 100%. good jokes. There's good jokes in the winter part. It's just the winter part has, like, the actual section where they're doing Swinter. The only part that's really there is, like, Candace on the ski lift slash Candace getting frozen in a block of ice, and then the snowboarding part with Phineas and Ferb, like, there's not too much to the actual swinter of it. Yeah. The B-plot takes up a lot of it, which is typical for the show. And I like, th I like this B-plot a lot. It's not 
It doesn't make the most sense to me of the B plots, but those are usually my favorites. Doofenshmirtz is yeah. things that I, I just well, Doofenshmirtz's popularity is at an all-time low, and so he's going to melt all the chocolate in the tri-state area and make them into little chocolate doofs. Yeah, but so he's that they adding would... fish to it. How is adding fish because to chocolate he's not smart. going to make he's, you like him? He is not smart, and he likes weird Drusostinian cuisine. You know, it's like it's like an odd. <laughs> I have wouldn't... written. Chocolate plus fish equals question mark equals delicious question mark? <laughs> How? Well, it's, you know, it's like, would you believe me if I told you that there was a real German food that was like chocolate with fish oil in it? Doesn't that no, sound like it, a real it thing? Does, it yeah. does. Okay. So Drusselstein but cuisine right. is another step. That I, piano, though, is just... It's a it solid It's a Because that's such a classic cartoon bit is dropping a piano. But so hiring a man to play, play it, it is just... such an extra step. And he's in a little tux. It's so cute. I liked um, Doofenshmirtz's popularity chart. It ranges from low to lower to ouch. I like that it, I like that it never reaches high. Yeah. But just specifically, well, ouch. It's high. I like that in ouch. this one, we see um, just how much Doofenshmirtz needs Perry. Like, this is the epitome of a bad guy needs to explain his evil plot to someone and be stopped by them. Because... He explains, he encases Perry in chocolate, explains the whole evil scheme to him, and he gets no response, and he's like, did you not get any of that? And so he just reads it again, and the way he does that second reading is beautiful, and then it just leads into him, again, having this self-sabotage just because he needs Perry to stop him. Um, He, you know... Perry's got to eat his own hiney to get out of it. <laughs> it's so you do what you have to do. He did what he had to do to survive. It is 120. As Belgique would say. As Belgique would say. Except a lot higher pitched. I did what I had to do. All right. He doesn't well, scream like that. you're but wearing headphones, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you weren't wearing headphones and you missed a tiny bit of that sound. If a little bit of that sound escaped your precious eardrums and leaked out into your, let's say, car or kitchen, wherever you listen to podcasts. The bathroom. Oh, I like that the I you were this one part confused me. <laughs> I'm just happy to be I'm here. I'm just so happy to be here. I figured I would contribute. Thank you. I've been here this whole time. No one this question. What was, what was your name again? We gave uh, you a name the other day. What was it? Rudolph or something? Rudy? It was not Rudolph. It was, not, it was like Tootie. my name. We, my oh, time. that's right. I suggested the name Rudy and you vetoed it. Is your name Vito? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, um, Swinter, any other notes, everybody? Um, um, I was just confused at how Candace uses Buford as a sleigh dog, dog sleigh. Yeah. Oh yes, that's a great joke where she just like tosses good She's Buford and she treat. just tosses him a cookie. Um, good little use of Buford. I like that the plan was to crush Perry with the piano, but I was confused because he had that second chocolate trap ready to go, which yeah. seemed really important. I think that we kind of just see that. He's hoping, like, did the maid leave that door open or did he leave the door open for Perry to come in? I don't think Doof has a maid. I think he... Well, not anymore. He fired her. It's like when, on 30 Rock, when someone calls Liz Lemon and she's her own assistant and she puts on, like, a British accent. It's it's that. Doof is like, oh, I better fire the maid. Back instead of gripping it with her toe. No, you dropped it on the floor. That's for toe gripping now. Oh, boy. At any rate, um, okay... Last um, last notes on Swinner before um, we do. Bobsled joke where they... A sled of bobs. A sled of bobs. Really got to me on the yeah, bobsled. too. I thought that it was a good bit where, again, Phineas and Ferb just kind of breaking the fourth wall of every single obstacle misses them and it hits Candace and Phineas is just like, how did that, How could that have possibly missed us? And See, I have, um, as my final note, when they're flying through the air with Candace, I wonder if... Phineas and Ferb care if they live or die. Because they... <laughs> no. They 
have no expression on their face as they are just tumbling through the air. And I I genuinely have to wonder if they care about their own lives. Just like just like in the roller coaster episode, as they plummet back to Earth from the atmosphere, all the other children are screaming and Phineas just goes, We should have charged more. They're psychopaths. They like they definitely they are. have no emotion. They are literal sociopaths. Let me posit so that's the first theory. That's the most likely theory is that Phineas and Ferb don't care if they live or die, slash they lack proper emotional responses. The second theory is they know about the mystical bubble in the universe that keeps them safe, which on Milo Murphy's Law, they refer to as uh, positive probability ions, right? So so if they are aware of that phenomena, that everything always works out for them, they would eventually become psychopaths, like people who can never die, stop caring about other human life because they lose its value. Like in Morty, how Rick just kind of is like, oh, well, I can just... Yeah, but Cycled better than Rick. Different... And, better than Rick. Well, and Morty. I mean, I was just using it as an example for people to know, because as we yeah. know, he starts to think of himself as a god. Yeah, sure, but like they, Phineas and Ferb aren't like gods; they're just like these uncaring, just like we are. Yeah, perfect. but they're they're the same type of genius. They are pretty. I perfect. They're, they're much nicer geniuses than that guy. But... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. my final <laughs> notes about this episode are about Baljeet. Um, we do get our first Baljeet appearance in this one, but oh, he doesn't God. speak at all. He's just in the okay. background. Um, but there's this like weird shot where him and Jeremy are there, and I don't know if it was like an animation mistake or what, but they're but they're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, their eyes are just closed. It's like a crowd, <laughs> a crowd of people. That's and, actually like... more surreal than if they were kissing. <laughs> and their eyes are just closed. Just, um, they're just standing there amongst these hundreds of people, just with their eyes. Not like closed. together. They're standing no. apart, but bo- bo- they just. They happen just, to have their eyes closed. They're together. Um, we do see that off, what I called an off-model Buford. Um, yeah. but the he's kids there. from the roller he's coaster He's there with episode. Buford and that what I called off-model Irving is hey, also there. I think the piano player, the guy who's on the piano playing it, in my mind, he looks just like the guy who sings the Candace he song. He is. Like, he's definitely got to I didn't know if they reused that because they, you know, they reuse animation models because why design a new guy in a tuxedo right. if you have a guy in a tuxedo? It's a waste of time. He's very musically talented. Yes, and you've got to get these shows out and you have to design a whole <laughs> bunch of background terror. I mean, look, I know a good guy who plays piano, wears a tux, brings his own costume to set. No. Um, but, like, I've been watching through the Batman, the animated series, through Justice League Unlimited, that run of cartoons. And after a certain while, if you, like, just pick up on one or two background characters, you will see them hundreds of times across. Like, and they reuse the same people from Batman in the 90s all the way to Justice League in, like, 2006. And they did a movie last year in 2019 with all the same background people and so when you watch it you're like oh my gosh it's that that uh that man with dark skin and a unibrow who crashed a truck into a place in the second episode of justice league and now he's here in arkham asylum and it's just like it's everyone and i assume that now as we're watching through phineas and ferb we're going to find things like that and i'm excited i'm excited to stare at background people a lot me Um, too and so i think this might be the first one that i've noticed I believe he's the man who sings. You Candace. and I are very different people. Oh, well, <laughs> that is what I'm realizing. You get excited for real stuff. I just like finding cartoons that look the same. I I enjoy that. I I am enjoying it. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Last, um. Uh, we also got Vanessa in again in this episode, and yeah. she meets Candace for the first time. Which Candace. Oh, I I don't have this in my notes, but I just thought of it now. Um, because I remember saying something after we watched the episodes how in. Um, the Magnificent Pew, when she falls down the mountain, she also falls down this ice cliff that mm-hmm. they've created um, for snowboarding, and she goes, why does this keep happening to me? Yeah, that's yeah. a good... 
they do seem to be connected the two cartoons yes, because are, of right? that joke that right. they are. and Vanessa, and Vanessa. Poppin, yeah so but i you know what's interesting about having seen this now in the production order versus the airing order like i was so confused because i was like i remember Vanessa coming in like way later and that's because yeah. these episodes were later like really? i had no idea she was intended to be in the show so early yeah she does feel like a a later in season one character but yeah. i guess i feel the same way about like buford and baljeet but we've already met buford and we have silently seen baljeet by we, this point but yet we have we haven't met buford yet really we oh have. i guess he's not like our friend yet no he was on the beach so episode. why would he the long known beach why party would he of about candace then, yeah but the bully, he's a bully episode i think oh yeah they that, haven't fought yet one. but yeah. you know Anyway. Anyhow. We still haven't gotten Carl. He used to be Carl. He yelled at Carl off screen, didn't he? Did well, we haven't uh, seen Carl. Did he I thought he just yelled at Carl uh, off screen. I could be wrong. At any rate, um Carl was a good episode. Oh, it's really good. Uh. Much better than I had remembered, which is saying something, because I like I like most of these. Anyway, so uh for Swinter, the quotes we have we have look, I'll tell you right now, I'm pulling for this as my favorite Phineas and Ferb quote of all time. I say it all the time. Sometimes it's relevant, sometimes it's not. It's very rarely relevant, but it's my favorite quote so far. So my evil deed for tomorrow, fire the maid. <laughs> I just I love that joke. That's one of our favorites um, for sure. This one Between you and me, my popularity has plummeted to an all time low, which just is true of me. Um, okay. You ate your own hiney? I say that a lot. It's a funny joke where Perry the platypus is encased in chocolate and his way of escaping is to chew through his buttocks. By the way, do platyp- Perry the platypus typically rendered without a butt. Um, this is, this is, there's nothing inappropriate about this. It's just, he's a square little guy. He's a brick. He ha- he's a brick. And he has no, he has no butt on him. So, you know, it's like the area of his body, which is is designated the hiney. You know, it's just another part of the block, but also, like, you know, just how do you turn oh, around that far? Yeah. How flexible is Perry that he can just kind of, like, whoop around and... While in chocolate? While like, in chocolate. How tight well, was that chocolate? Did he, like, suck in his gut where and then he could was, move? Where was the tail in that I'm chocolate? assuming he just flapped his tail up and down. And I have a question. Do you think through. since he is a break, he can just, like, rearrange his beak around? <laughs> he can move <laughs> his just... eyes and mouth to any part of the brain. And he just, like, moved his tail to, like, the opposite end? I would Like, he, that. do you think he just did the old switcheroo? And... Like his eyes just squish through his body. Oh no! I was thinking he like moves them with his hands, and then oh. they just like flip around. I was picturing them moving autonomously. Oh, like he, he can just do it. Like his, they just like <laughs> you just raise your eyebrows, but he just raises his features, and they kind of just rotate like they a just conveyor belt keep around him. Going, yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. Now that would be cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I also have um, it has a melting capacity of seven, and that's on a scale of one to five, so that's a big number. And uh, very little quote, just too scrawny. Throw it back. There's mm-hmm. some ice fishers. And they pick Candace out of the water, and she's frozen in a block of ice, and they declare her too scrawny. Throw it back. So, oh, no, really good episode, in my opinion. Yeah, Magnificent Few is not as strong as Swinter. No. no but I do like the doof screaming in uh, oh. Magnificent Few, mm. and I really appreciate the tiny head that the termites made. The I appreciate head. the tiny head as well, and just how attached he is to it. I've decided to start calling Ryan Little Wooden Head that the termites made. But just like on official government documents, not to his face. All right. Wait, were you talking about me? Hmm? No, no, no. No, it's cool. No, it's cool, bro. Thanks. I for... like the new lipstick you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good I, on you. I like the universe you're growing. I, I, I support it. Hey, that one. That one hurts. Well, do you think I'm that guy from Justice League who always pops up in the background? You did. You did crash that truck. I did crash that truck. But to be fair, they popped up right in the middle of the road. Completely scared me. Yeah. 
Well, actually, I think the line he says is they almost ran me off the road. Oh, no, they ran me right off the road. It's in the episode where the, the Flash, I think it's Brave and the Bold, the one with Gorilla Grodd. Mm. Um, the first episode with Gorilla Grodd. He obviously becomes a recurring Good old GG. Good old GG. <laughs> Flash and GL versus GG. Okay, we should do more Yogi Bear bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think kids like Yogi Bear? I don't know if kids know Yogi they Bear. They had that movie that like... In 2010. Yeah. That's 10 years ago. Andy Daly oh is in God. that movie. I love him. I, I vividly remember seeing the trailers of that movie. Never actually watched it. Never will. But... Dan Aykroyd is the voice of Yogi Bear. Yeah, that's probably the reason why. why. And Justin Timberlake is Boo Boo. Why get the famous people if they're just going to do the voices? It's yeah. not like Boo Boo walks around going like, hey, Yogi. Like, he doesn't talk like Justin Timberlake. He's still... Can you do your Justin Timberlake impression one more time? Hi! I'm not sure if we got it. Oh, I... wow. Hi, it's me, Justin Timberlake. Thank you. Is that how we talk? Mm-hmm. I'm Justin Timberlake. It's anyway. nice to see anyway. you. I'm bringing sexy back. Them Thank other boys don't know how to act. joining us at our little Candace party. It's not a party. It's an intimate get-together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is. Um, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yep. Because I know. I dabbed. I don't think you You looked like you remembered episode. something important. Yeah. I, okay, no, I did a big gasp uh, because I had something important to say, but I realized it's about the next episode of uh, Phineas and Ferb, so okay. it, it would serve us no purpose during this podcast. <laughs> well, tune in next week to find out what that one was. Same bat time, same bat channel. Is that copyright? Tell us what you think about this. Tweet us. Follow us on Instagram. You know, give us some shout outs. You can Tell your find friends. Us, you can find us everywhere at Candace Party Pod. Yes, at Candace Party Pod. Follow us. Um, yeah, watch along. We hope you enjoy. We know you will. Thanks for tuning in, baby. I don't hey, know why hey, I did that. do us a favor. Don't use our mom's good scissors and please stay out of our room. <laughs> good night, everybody. Don't call it that. It's just a get together. Candace party. Candace party. We're talking I to the N to the T I M A T E. Get together. What? I to the N to the T I M A T E. Get together. That's right. It's not a party.